fun seekers. Welcome to another edition of the Christ is All podcast. I believe this is the 78th episode. Those of you who are new can go back to the previous episodes and download all of them, especially if you're using iTunes. You'll find many conference messages. Among the most popular conference messages, and say this for those of you who are new to the podcast, are The Deeper Journey, Three Parts, God's Favorite Place, Three Parts, For God So Loved the World Versus Love Not the World, Epic Jesus, Living by the Indwelling Life of Christ, and The Eternal Purpose. Oh, and also Vantage Point, Part 1 and Part 2. You'll also find many interviews and some humorous sketches, and there will be some humor peppered into this podcast. I will warn you ahead of time. Christians have different levels of humor and different kinds of humor, but we don't take ourselves all too seriously, and in my book, that's a good thing. I was having a conversation with someone recently, and they were they were watching some of the back and forth that I was having with Greg Boyd, which, by the way, was all in fun, and they didn't really catch the humor. And I pointed out to them that in Jesus, a theography, we have an entire chapter on the humanity of Jesus, and part of it is his sense of humor. And this is something we often miss, because the humor that is contained in the Gospels is hidden from us, because... We're reading it through 21st century lenses, where in fact, in the first century, certain idioms, certain terms, certain images, certain metaphors evoked laughter. And so Jesus Christ was definitely fully human, and part of being human is to have a sense of humor. Hi, I'd like to cash this check. Oh, I can cash this check. No. Don't you read a sign? We don't cash personal checks. No. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see the sign. Well, thanks anyway. We'll see you. Hey, wait, hey, wait, wait. Where are you going? Well, actually, I'm going to another check-cashing place. I know the girl there. She'll cash this check. It's just out of my way, so I stopped here. Okay, well, let me see the check again, please. Okay. okay. Oh, no, no, I told you. No personal checks. I can't cash this. Okay. Uh, well, see you there. What? No, 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 no. You, you, you argue. What? You argue with me until I give in and, and cash your check. Oh, okay. Well, come on, I have ID. You can call the bank. The, the funds are there. How many times do I have to tell you, huh? No personal checks cash. It's policy. I can't Bye, bye, goodbye. No, 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 don't leave yet. You what? tell me, you tell me, you tell me some story, you know? You're like, you got an emergency and you, you need food for your kids and your uh, car's broken off. Then you'll cash it? Yes, I'll cash it. Now, say car's broken, need food. Look, please help. I, I need food for my kids and oh. my car is broken down. Oh, okay, let, let me see, let me see the chair. Okay, okay. Let me see. okay, how long have you been on your job? Four and a half years. Oh, wait a second, this is a personal check. Read that what? sign. Hey. Do you need glasses or something? No, okay. personal check. But, no exceptions. But, okay, not look, you said Okay, okay, I'll cash the check, but this time only, okay? At A to Z check cashing, no ID is required. Make us your new bank. A couple announcements before I get into what I had promised, and that is I want to talk a little bit about Bono's interview where he talks about Jesus Christ. Announcement number one, I do want to remind you all that in September, God willing, we will be releasing the Living by the Indwelling Life of Christ online course. And I'm really excited about that. We're getting the messages edited and formatted, and we're also getting the workbook put together. But if you listen to the first message in the series, which is on the podcast, and you can listen to it for free, and it grabbed you in any way, or you listen to the message Epic Jesus, and that ministered to you in some way, then you would definitely be interested in the course. So look for that in September. 
and subscribe to the blog and the podcast. I will be mentioning it to let you all know when it releases. And again, subscriptions to the blog and the podcast are all free. Secondly, I'm going to spend more time on this podcast. It seems that we have many, many listeners from all over the world. It seems that the conference messages are the most popular, and so I'll be releasing more of those. I have a ton of them in the queue. I'm actually thinking about releasing a message that I gave when I was in my 20s in a local church that I was a part of at the time. It was actually an organic expression of the church. And I gave a message that was very well received, and I might post that. Of course, it's on a cassette tape. I'll have to blow the dust off of it. and convert it into an mp3 but we'll see i'm also going to talk about some topics that are on my heart such as what i'm going to talk about today as an example and have a bunch of interviews that may be of interest to you uh, drew marshall interviewed me not long ago as well as dr michael brown on jesus of theography and that was a really interesting interview all of this is to encourage you spur you on into the things of the Lord, because God knows we need encouragement. As Christians living in this world at this time, it is not easy to follow Jesus. And so we need the body of Christ. We need other members of the body to share and to encourage, to challenge, to exhort, and in a word, to give us Christ. And that is my intention. If you have been listening to this podcast and you enjoy it and you feel it is beneficial, I would really appreciate it if you went on to iTunes and rated it. And, of course, a five-star rating would really be appreciated. What this does is it puts it in front of people who would have never heard of it before. So, again, if you really like the podcast, please rate it. No need to write a review. It's not necessary. But to give it a five-star rating would be deeply appreciated and it would help others to find the podcast. What really happened? March 31st, 1596, French philosopher René Descartes was born. Considered the father of modern philosophy, Descartes is famous for the phrase, I think, therefore I am. But he arrived at this statement only through trial and error, and this is what really happened. Finally, after many years of very hard work, I am very close to a major philosophical breakthrough. Now, let me see. I think, therefore... I am thinking. Whoa, that's pretty good. Okay, so yesterday I thought, therefore I was thinking. Hey, so that would mean tomorrow I will think, therefore I will be thinking again. Hey, this philosophy stuff is pretty easy once you put your mind to it. I think, therefore I am. Back in the 16th century, you could actually make a living coming up with stuff like this. And now you know... What really happened? Let's talk about Bono. I have never met the man. Therefore, I have no word to say about him as a person. But I will say this. I was quite impressed with a lot of the statements he made about the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only were the concepts somewhat sophisticated, but it was the way he framed it. Now, I will tell you this, and this is something that really surprised me, but I have been blogging for a very long time uh, in different formats. Uh, I started uh, the first blog I had in 2008, in June of 2008, and so I have written a total of, if you put all of the posts together, well over 600 posts. But I will tell you this. I have never had as many page views on a single post as I have had on the post I just released recently on Bono. 
and what he said about Jesus. It's called Bono on Jesus. If you're new to the blog, you can find it very easily by looking at the archives or just by scrolling down. It's called Bono on Jesus. That single post has received in a week's time over 225,000 views. Now that blows my circuitry. I don't understand why, except that it really resonated with lots of people. The comments, for the most part, were very positive. And I want to look at the parts of the interview that really impressed me. And I'm not easy to impress. And maybe that's a flaw, but I'm not easily impressed. And I was very impressed with some of the comments that Bono made in this interview. I'm just going to read some of what Bono said and then just make some comments. Bono says, My understanding of the scriptures has been made simple by the person of Christ. Christ teaches that God is love. What does that mean? What it means for me, a study of the life of Christ. Love here describes itself as a child born in straw poverty, the most vulnerable situation of all, without honor. I don't let my religious world get too complicated. I just kind of go, well... I know I know what God is, God is love, and as much as I respond in allowing myself to be transformed by that love and acting in that love, that's my religion. Where things get complicated for me is when I try to live this love. Now that's not easy. And of course, what he's doing here is he, he is echoing what Jesus said multiple times, that the law of the prophets is fulfilled in one word, love your neighbor as yourself. Later, Jesus made the comment, that the law and the prophets is fulfilled in this one word. Treat others the way you want to be treated in every situation. And I'm paraphrasing. You put the two together and what you find out is that love, in effect, is treating other people the way you want to be treated in every situation. And love is the DNA of God's life. Jesus Christ is, in fact, the embodiment of love. It is the DNA of his own divine life. When we Christians live by the life of Christ, we are treating others the way we want to be treated in every situation. Just think about that for a moment. If every believer were to do that, it would eliminate gossip, slander, hatred, abusive language, abusive behavior. It would eliminate sin, period. Sin is the opposite of love. A step out of love is a step into sin. A step into sin is a step out of love. And you can read First John about this. He makes it very plain. So Bono really gets this. I think for the most part, in many quarters, Christians are short on love. And you can be strong on truth and short on love. And if you're short on love, then you really are short on truth. Because Christ is truth as well. And he is love. Now, here he gets into the Old Testament. And Bono says... There's nothing hippie about the picture of Christ. The Gospels paint a picture of a very demanding, sometimes divisive love. But love it is. I accept the Old Testament as more of an action movie. Blood, car chases, evacuations, a lot of special effects, seas dividing, mass murder, adultery. The children of God are running amok, wayward. Maybe that's why they're so relatable. But the way we would see it, those of us who are trying to figure out our Christian conundrum, is that the God of the Old Testament is like the journey from stern father to friend. When you're a child, you need clear directions and some strict rules. But with Christ, we have access in a one-to-one -one relationship. For as in the Old Testament, it was more one of worship and awe, a vertical relationship. The New Testament, on the other hand, we look across at Jesus. 
a Jesus who looks familiar, horizontal, the combination of what makes the cross. Now, there's a lot of profound thoughts in this paragraph, and there's a lot of robust theology here as well. And he's breaking it down very simply to a metaphor of Old Testament versus New Testament. Of course, Paul in Galatians says that the purpose of the law was to be a tutor to bring us to Christ. The law shows us how sinful we are, and Christ, of course, is the savior of that sin. But the metaphor here is pretty powerful, and I think he does a good job with it. He then says, religion can be the enemy of God. Oh boy, that is so true. Some of the most horrific crimes and the most vicious evil have come at the hands of religious people, even, regrettably, quote-unquote Christians. And I'm not just speaking of the Inquisition or the Crusades. I'm talking about right now in the 21st century. Read my post on Rick Warren and how he has been treated by fellow so-called Christians when he lost his son. And you'll get an idea. Also take a look at the post warning, the world is watching how we Christians treat one another. Bono says, it's often what happens when God like Elvis has left the building. Boy, that is powerful. It's really more a matter of people kicking him out of the building. But that's what you have. When you have the absence of Jesus Christ, when you have the absence of life, his life, then you have religion. And religion can be a very mean, sinister, ugly thing. A list of instructions where there was once conviction, Bono says. Dogma where once people just did it. A congregation led by a man where once they were led by the Holy Spirit. Discipline replacing discipleship, etc. Again, very sophisticated thoughts here. I mean, this is a man who has thought through his faith. And he is echoing theologians of the past. In his own vernacular, you know, being a rock star, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not a rock star, nor am I the son of the rock star. You know, he's very in touch with contemporary culture, and he is couching all of this in popular language, and I think this is very effective. Some non-Christians read this on my blog and were impressed. Not necessarily U2 fans or Bono fans, but they were impressed with the way that he presented these ideas. Hey, that was nice last night. You know, we ought to do that more often. Yeah, it'd be fun. Did Jennifer have a good time? Oh, yeah. You know, and she wants Leslie's recipe for that dessert. She can't have it. What? Is it a, a family secret? I told you she can't have it. Just drop it. What's wrong? You say another word, I swear I'll pop you in the face, man. Please, tell me what I did. All I said was, ow! I warned you, you puke! No, you shut up! You are insane, man! Here we go again. Ow! It was a cake mix! Are you happy? It came out of a box and she added water and microwave it! There is no recipe, you... New microwavable cake mixes from the bakery tree. So good, everyone will swear it's homemade. Here he talks about the cross. I love the idea of the sacrificial lamb. Bono says, I love the idea that God says, look, you Cretans, there are certain results to the way we are, to selfishness. And let me just stop there. Boy, that is an insight. All sin is selfishness. That's the root of all sin. I mean, if you think about it, selfishness and pride are the foundations of every sinful practice. 
Bono says, and there's a mortality as part of your very sinful nature. And let's face it, you're not living a very good life, are you? There are consequences to actions. The point of the death of Christ is that Christ took on the sins of the world so that what we put out did not come back to us and that our sinful nature does not reap the obvious death. That's the point. It should keep us humbled. It's not our own good works that get us through the gates of heaven. And so Bono has an understanding not only of sin and selfishness and of love, but he also has an understanding of grace. This is a very, very powerful way of saying certain things. And I'm impressed that he understands grace. Then he says that this whole idea is not far-fetched. And of course, to the modern person living in the 21st century, it is far-fetched. It's not only far-fetched, it's offensive. The whole idea of sacrifice is offensive to many people. Bono says, look, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet, obviously a very interesting guy, had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets, be they Elijah, Muhammad, Buddha, or Confucius. But actually, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off that hook. Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't call me teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I'm the Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. Wow. <laughs> you can't get more orthodox than that. And by the way, when he talks about Muhammad and Buddha and Confucius being prophets, he is talking about the secular response to the Christ story. That's not his own view. It's the secular response to the Christ story. And then he turns the coin around and he says, this is what Jesus says. I am God incarnate. I am the Messiah. He goes on, and people say, no, no, please, just be a prophet, a prophet we can take. You're a bit eccentric. We've had John the Baptist eating locusts and wild honey. We can handle that. But don't mention the M word, meaning Messiah, because you know we're going to have to crucify you. And Jesus goes, no, no, I know you're expecting me to come back with an army and set you free from these creeps, but actually I am the Messiah. So what you're left with is this, either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. I mean, we're talking nutcase on the level of Charles Manson. This man was strapping himself to a bomb and had King of the Jews on his head, and as they were putting him up on the cross, was going, okay, martyrdom, here we go, bring on the pain, I can take it. I'm not joking here. The idea that the entire course of civilization for over half of the globe could have had its fate changed and turned upside down by a nutcase, that for me, that's far-fetched. So he turns the argument around and says, you're saying to me that Christianity and the claims of Christ are far-fetched. Let me tell you what's far-fetched if this Jesus was a nutcase. And yes, he is certainly echoing C.S. Lewis, but again, he's doing it in a very popular cultural way that can be easily understood by the average person, even young people who are not inclined to read C.S. Lewis, etc. Bono goes on to say, if only we can be a bit more like him, the world would be transformed. When I look at the cross, what I see up there is all my and everybody else's. So I asked myself a question a lot of people have asked, who is this man, and was he who he said he was, or was he just a religious nut? And there it is, that's the question. And no one can talk you into it or out of it. Well, there is some truth to that. If someone can talk you into being a Christian, they can talk you out of being a Christian. There is the proclamation of the gospel, which is the power of God. God has chosen preaching to be the way of presenting Christ. Of course, preaching can come through books. 
It could come through articles. It can come through video. It can come through audio. But there is a revelation from the Father that is given to people to open their eyes, to awaken their hearts, to quicken their dead spirits, that they may see and receive Jesus as Messiah inwardly, knowing that he is who he said he was. Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. In other words, you are the Messiah. And Jesus responded, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Apologetics can certainly knock down arguments and give cause for reflection. It can discount certain lines of thinking, but it cannot give a revelation of Christ. Only the Holy Spirit can do that, and he does it through the presentation of Jesus via preaching and even embodying the gospel in a person's life when they're loving others. And that is a great testimony that all Christians, we all need to be reminded of. People watch how we treat others, not just what we say. Bono goes on, It's a mind-blowing concept that the God who created the universe might be looking for company, a real relationship with people. But the thing that keeps me on my knees is the difference between grace and karma. Now, this is interesting. He goes into the idea of karma. Let me read it to you from his own words. You see, at the center of all religions is the idea of karma. You know, what you put out comes back to you. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, or in physics, in physical laws, every action is met by an equal or an opposite one. It's clear to me that karma is at the very heart of the universe. I'm actually sure of it. And yet, along comes this idea called grace, to upend all that as you reap, so you will sow stuff. Grace defies reason and logic. Love interrupts, if you like, the consequences of your actions, which in my case is very good news indeed because I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Now, this is a very powerful idea. He is speaking in the language of contemporary culture. It's sort of Paul on Mars Hill. You read that story in Acts and how he preached to the Greeks, and he spoke in their language, even quoted their philosophers. So he takes this idea of karma, which is a universal idea, and I think we get it. You know, what you do comes back to you. Built on that idea is the concept that many, many non-Christians hold to. You can see it in movies, even contemporary movies, that there is an afterlife, but what is going to determine whether or not we have a pleasant afterlife is if our good deeds outweighed our bad deeds. And if our bad deeds outweigh our good deeds, then karma sets in and we're going to have an unpleasant afterlife. If the good deeds outweigh the bad deeds, then we'll have a pleasant one. And of course, this is all works righteousness, trying to win brownie points with God. And of course, the idea of grace is that God stopped keeping score when Jesus Christ died on the cross and took our sins. And so consequently, he's using this metaphor to magnify the glory of grace. And I appreciate the humility. And I can resonate with what he said. Love interrupts the consequences of your actions, which in my case is very good news indeed because I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Well, I can say amen to that. And I think many of you can as well if you're honest with yourself. We've all screwed up. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And before we point the finger at someone like Bono or any other person, we have to remember that there's four fingers pointing back to us, or at least three. Judge not, lest you be judged. Whether or not you like Bono or not, whether or not you know the man, whether or not you're a fan or a detractor, what he has said here in this interview is very powerful. And I think that is why 
It has gotten so many shares on the Internet, so many reads, so many comments. Jeffy, just for the new listeners, why don't you go ahead and play that phone call from the hippie hater. I think it was from Austin, Texas. Can you go ahead and play that for us? This call is from Austin, Texas. Austin, you're on the air. Young man, let me tell you something right now. And I, in my entire life, have never heard such an outrageous, outlandish person on a show. You should be reported to the Chamber of Commerce or the SPC. I am going to write letters to the superiors. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sir, but uh, what is it about me that's got you so very upset? I fought for you, and I come back to this country, and what do I have to listen to? Some young hippie. Some young hippie such as yourself. Uh, have you actually seen my hair, sir? Usually grown men who shave their heads are not considered to be hippies. I'm going to report you. I'm going to write to the manager, and you won't like it. You'll be very afraid. Uh, that would be Mrs. Viola, V-I-O-L-A, Mrs. Viola. That's my mother. She's the manager. You, you're making me scream, and you're making me scream and holler. Sir, why do you carry on in this manner? This is a very, very outlandish and monstrous tactic you're using. I'm going to write you a letter, and you will receive this letter, and you won't like it. Jeffy, uh, would you mind giving our caller some background music? I think you still have the kazoo there, don't you? I'm going to write more than one letter. I'm going to write the Chamber of Commerce. I, too, will write the Chamber of Commerce, and the Chamber of Commerce will be flooded with, with letters. Will you put a lot of kisses at the bottom of them? I bet you have a surfboard, don't you? I bet you wear short cut-off jeans and sandals and beads and probably wear sunglasses all the time. And I bet you haven't shaved in three months. It's actually closer to three years. Oh! You, you continue to out, outrageous. I mean it. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm threatening you now, sir. You've got me upset. I'll call the police. I swear I'll call the police. Do you want me to call the police on you? Call the police. <laughs> oh, man. You think by laughing that you're showing me that you're not afraid, I'm going to start right now. Have a bad night. <sighs> Told you I was not good at being a talk radio show host. The number is... Pound 970. I'm so sorry, ma'am. I was momentarily distracted. Uh, what what was that number again? The number is pound 970. Jeffy, what are you in there shaking your head no for? Just shaking my head. I did hear her the first time. That's what I was shaking my head for. Well, it is the only exercise you do get. <clears throat> well, friends... That is the end of this unusual podcast. I hope you were entertained. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you were educated. Until next time. Night is full of holes. This bullet tripping sky of ink with gold. They twinkle as the boys play rock and